Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. In each episode, we will sit down with a guest and talk about news and events related to the sport and hobby of pinball. Here are your hosts, Lauren Gray and Rebecca Salem. Welcome everyone to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. So excited to be here. Rebecca, how you doing, girl? Oh my gosh, I've been trying to sell a bed on Facebook Marketplace for days and <sighs> I moving. Why? Why? Why did I do it? But it was a very cute heartwarming. I had a cute heartwarming moment, Lauren. Some college students came to buy some furniture and we ended up with like an eight person co-op game on TNA. <gasps> oh my gosh, that's all the things. I love that Isn't so it adorable? much. That's and they were adorable. Like, wow, you have pinball machines in your house and I was like, "I do." And they're like, "I didn't know people did this." And I'm like, you too one day can become a successful adult. And then I felt really old when they were like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a social worker. And one was like, my mom is a social worker. And I was like, <laughs> cool. No, and, and I told, I told this guy, and speaking of, I told this story off air to Rebecca. So I bought the Hutch listeners. If you follow us on social media, I bought the Hutch from Rebecca, at, who is now named Donna, Donna the Hutch. Um, I love it so much. Um, but when we were there, my brother came with us and my brother had never seen anybody else who collected pins except me. I only have two. Rebecca and Jordan had eight. So my brother's like, I, I didn't know other people did this. I'm like, you thought I was the only one? He's like, no, I just, I didn't know. And I'm just like laughing at him. And then he's he like, called me weird and it's fine. Um, <laughs> he, he, I'm weird he too. He brought it's a truck t- and he got rid of furniture for me. So he therefore is a hero <laughs> in my book. But no, I'm no. still but, super excited because we have someone here today who also has pinball machines in their house. I know. She's also super awesome. Everyone, I am so excited about our guest today and I'm so glad she was able to, to, join us and we're just excited to be here. She is ranked 86th in the women's pinball um, off of IFPA. Super excited. She is a tournament director. She's a player and she's a streamer from Florida. Please help me welcome Norma Jennings. Yay! So thank you very much, Lauren and Rebecca. I really appreciate you asking me to be here. Um, I, it, you know, it's it's great. We have to keep talking with each other and just make the best best streams that we can. I'm glad there's so much content out there. I love it. I and, and and I just I love content and I and I've you know heard your name around the the pinball sphere and and you know people that I know and and now I have an opportunity to sit down with you Rebecca and I and we are so excited. So again, thank you for joining us. Norma, for people who don't know you um as a streamer or a TD or awesome pinballer, tell us your pinball origin story, kind of where you started at in pinball and where you're at today. Well, that's that's a long, long story, but we'll try to shorten it up a little. So first, my real name is not Norma Jennings, but I just play under that name. It's sort of a joke that goes back to my husband watching me play in a tournament, and we were watching Twin Peaks on DVD at the time, and he just made an offhand remark that I look like Norma Jennings that runs the Double R Diner. And so I, I said, well, can I, you know, what name can I use? Like, well, you know, you use your regular name. I'm like, do I have to use my real name? I'm like... Uh, I don't need any stalkers. Can we just like, you know, can I use a different name? And so I, I just used Norma Jennings and I gave a, gave him a knowing look and that just went from there. But my journey goes way, way, way back, way back into the original sort of days, back in the pre solid state days, all the way back into the, the early 1970s is when I first got exposed to pinball. Um, it was something my dad and I could do together. We didn't really have a lot of, 
ways to connect otherwise, but he could play. And uh, he put me up on a milk crate at an amusement park and I played and I loved math at the time. So I loved watching the numbers count up and I used to try to predict my score coming out of the bonus and everything. It was just, it was fun to me. It was like a, uh, you know, an electromechanical calculator. So I was having a lot of fun with that. I just love numbers and everything. And then the solid states came along and that was awesome too. And I lived in New York at the time. So, so what Steve, uh, I'm sorry, what, um, 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 I'm sorry. I'm just blanking because I'm tired right here. What Roger Sharp, uh, did for us, uh, I'll just pause and then you can just insert this part. Yeah. So I lived in New York at the time. And so what Roger Sharp did for us back then was really important because it took the stigma off of pinball in the New York area. And all of a sudden, we had no qualms about getting extra balls and free games because it wasn't like we were receiving compensation for play. And so I rode through the electromechanical era playing games like, I think one of the first EM games I played was Knight Rider. And that was that was good. And all the older kids were always better than me at it. And I pretty much flailed my way through my through my youth and my teens, but I could still put up high scores from time to time. And I just, I just loved the game. Then when I went to college, I kind of had a little, little crisis of confidence with the game. I felt like I was not really enjoying the game so much. And so I kind of put it down for, for a number of years. And then, you know, flashing way forward, pretty much into the early nineties, I went to, I went to Papa five. Uh, which was at the Park Central News uh, Hotel in New York City. And I remember it was just a snowy day and I had nothing to do. And so I took a train into Manhattan and I just walked around and I literally tripped over it. I was, it was really a, a critical moment in my pinball life. I, I got to see all of these legendary players. You know, I got to see, you know, Lyman Sheets, who I, when I first saw him and I saw him play, I just said, oh my gosh, it's just, it's a completely different world. And I met a couple of guys who happened to be from Fort Lauderdale at the time, even though I lived in New York, and I played against them casually because it was too late for me to enter. I arrived on the Sunday during the championships. And they told me, you know, you're really a very good player. You're probably maybe one of the best female players here. You really should play. And I said, well, that's nice. And so I put I put that down for 25 years. <laughs> and I didn't, <laughs> you know? I'm like, that was nice that they said that, but for 25 years, I did nothing with it. Um, but I did continue to play and I would go to arcades and, um, you know, I spent a lot of time single and the arcade was always a place I could go and entertain myself and kill an evening. And I would drive to all the regional arcades. And if there was a, a high score in a game, it was like, oh, I have grand champion. I'm knocking that down. Okay. I got that one. Okay. I got that one. I got that one, you know, so just going around knocking down grand champions. I was starting to have fun again. But then, you know, of course, the game evolved. We're in the DMD era, era now. And, you know, I moved to Florida and my husband ended up joining me later and we, you know, dated and then we ended up getting married. Uh, but I remember um, there was the Florida Arcade and Pinball Exposition, which was taking place. Uh, really only about 10 miles from us. And I went there and I met that day a lot of players that, that I know today. And, well, let's just say I uh, burst onto the scene with a bang, I guess. Um, I was just like, you know, 
hey, you know, um, what's going That's on awesome. here? I said, and they're like, oh, well, it's a tournament. Okay. So what do you do? Well, you buy like three games for $10, I think it was, or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'll buy three games, even though you had to play five. I was clueless, right? So my very <laughs> first game, I walk up to Jackbot, and uh, I crush it with 6.3 billion points. Nice! <laughs> so, oh. I mean, I'm just like, and I'm going further in the game. I'm in Hypervisor. That's, that's I'm in everything. Yeah. I'm like, and I'm Jackbotting all over the place. And then I'm realizing they changed the rules on the game. Because I didn't get to play the the casino run. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, they took favorite. that away from me. Wow, I didn't know they could actually change the rules to games. So so I ended up getting the high score of the weekend on that game. And uh, it left an impression. Uh, after I got the, the score and I put my initials up, I turned around and I looked at everybody and I said, wow, like, hey. And they all looked at me like I had two heads. And they were all, it was all these guys and they were all crushed. But I've made such great friends with these guys over the years. And I got started into tournament pinball and I started talking with the others. And they're like, you should go to this place called the Pinball Asylum. And I went there and I played there. And then, of course, the barcades started to open up here and the teams and everything. And so I, I kept going and going and I was really, really enjoying it. And 2019, I, I joked with people, I said, 2019 is my year. And I played only three tournaments, and I won one out of three. I was TDing the rest of them, you know. So I'm like, well, when I get to play, I'm going to win. You know, I was doing really great. And um, before that, back in November of uh, of 2019, I had won the Free Play Florida Women's Tournament, and that was a that was a Yay! major accomplishment. Yeah, I was really thrilled. That was a major accomplishment. I finished third the first year, and then I think like eighth the second year, and then I finally won. And I was really excited. And so in early 2020, it looked like things were really going to go well. And then the pandemic hit and something else that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Uh, but I still love to play. I've got six machines here at home. My husband says there's room for one more. I said, you're out of your mind. There isn't any more room in here. We can't fit another one. We're not going to try. I'm like, we'll just trade them out and we'll just enjoy what we've got and we'll go on the road to play because thankfully now there are many places to play in Florida. And I want to thank all of the barcade owners and the private private owners of machines for being so generous and inviting me and other players in and, and just bring us into the fold. We are still, still bringing in new players. I mean, back when I first got started, we must have had less than 100 players. Now, 2019, the last full year of play, we have about 500. So, I mean, the, the, the scene continues to grow. People are excited. The ladies in particular really want to learn. And I, I give them as much advice as I can. Shoot this, shoot that. Here's what you should do. You know, think about this on this ball. And, you know, and also the new players and the kids, the kids. I, I just, as soon as I see a young kid wanting to play, it's like I'm drawn to them. I go over to them and I'm like, listen, you know, here's what you do, right? Because I'm trying to give the advice that I never got. I never got the advice. I never had a really good player take me under his or her wing and really show me really how to play like a competitive player. And you just play a completely different game when you're playing competitively as opposed to just whacking the ball around the play field. And so there was a lot of learning there. And I love to learn. So that was very exciting for me to learn this new way of playing and to compete against all these people. And we are, we're very competitive in Florida. 
I, I, there's a lot of talk about, well, you know, the, the, the pinball epicenter of the United States is either in the Chicago area or out in the uh, upper Midwest, you know, Washington, Oregon, even California, you know, if you want to go a little bit lower into the LA area and everything, but, uh, Florida can hold its own with any of them. And yes, we have Eric Stone, but we've got plenty of other top 1000 <laughs> players. And we've sent, we've sent, uh, Eric Stone twice and we've sent Nick Mueller once to the IFPA championship. So I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot, a lot to be said there. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. I don't think Eric went twice. He only went once, but we, but he won have... the first, uh, the IFPA, uh, right. Open, which American. was a big deal. And I, yes. I loved all the, the weatherman stuff. It was cracking me up. <laughs> and, you know, I, you know, That's and I know important. Rebecca and I, we chatted about this with, um, the other, um, Bobby and, uh, Morgan and Bobby, from Morgan. Pinball with a View. Um, like that there's a lot of similarities between like the way Florida and, and your, you know, pinball kind of family and your pinball home and Texas. Cause it's kind of like everybody knows everybody. And yeah, right. you get the whole like mm-hmm. pinball, you know, in the whole, you know, you know, Eastern states, you've got the Pacific Northwest, Chicago, but I feel like Texas pinball and Florida pinball, we're, we've got it down. We've got like amazing people in both of our, you know, respective states. And you always hear about really cool stuff going down in Florida. So I, I'm incredibly excited you're here. I know Rebecca and I, as soon as we like, you said, yes, we're like, Norma's coming on the show. We're so excited. Um, but I, I love your journey and I, and I totally agree with you. There's something truly like, it, I don't, I don't know if it's inspiring or magical. I, I don't know the word, but I love teaching kids how to play. Like we have, we have a Bell's League in San Antonio and we do have young ladies, young, like five, eight. And, but I love seeing them like pull out their little stool and they climb up on the stool and they're like kind of hugging the machine and to just see them so excited. And I think it even takes it a step further because it's one thing for your parents or somebody, you know, to help you, but another adult, like, Hey, this adult is helping me. And they, they're just my friend. They're my pinball friend. And I, I am like, you know, I derive so much joy from helping the little ones play. Like, it's just, it, I love seeing that moment where I'm like, oh, we got another one, another one. I was like, yes. And it, to make sure this hobby survives, we have to instill that love of pinball um, to, to younger folks and, and younger people and, and getting them excited about that. So, oh, you're absolutely your- right, Lauren. And I, I just want to put an exclamation mark on that because especially the newer players and the younger players. If we don't get them interested in the game, you better enjoy these games you're playing now because there won't be any new games because there'll be no financial reason to make them. Uh, pinball as a, as a sport tends to skew older and, um, you know, we, we will end up losing people, right? You know, we're going to lose people probably in the next 10 years. And so we need to get that younger generation need to get them past the barcade stage, right? We need to get them thinking competitively and get into that competitive mindset. And that is going to take a sort of pulling them out of their element just a little bit. But I think it can be done. And I'm glad you're excited about doing it. I am. I am. So we're, we're excited you're here, Norma. We're going to talk more about your journey, your story, your streaming um, here in just a bit. But first, we're going to do pinball news. And we've got got some news um like i feel like we were kind of like overloaded with news before so it was like there was a lot of news there was like a non news i'm like i can't cover all of that news we we did we all of the news has been covered so we got one cool article today from our friend jeff at twip um he's still on vacay but he sent out a amazing article 
Um, and it's one of my favorite movies. It was one of, um, when I was growing up, you know, my family, they were very like, I was a child of the 80s, you know, 90s. Like, um, so this movie is a classic for me. Um, some of our younger listeners are like, I've never heard of that film. And I'm like, why not? Um, there was. parents need to educate them. Yeah. Like, I'm like, your parents, what are your parents doing? Okay. Okay. <laughs> we can teach you about pinball and we can also teach you about this movie. And the movie they chose was the 80s classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, for for our younger listeners or maybe, you know, people who weren't alive in the 80s, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a John Hughes. I believe John Hughes wrote it, um, but it is a classic. It stars Matthew Broderick and it is a story about a young man who skips school and the um, craziness that ensues. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of famous actors that you kind of see that were very big in the 80s. Um, it's a very quotable film. It's a it's a funny film. It's it's a PG-13. That was the thing I remember. It was the first film that I saw that had like swearing and adult themes and things like that. Like I was like, yes. And um, yeah, so the, it, and also my family's originally from Chicago. The movie is based in Chicago. And there's a lot of like Chicago ish moments in the film. And um, but it's a great film. I highly recommend it. It's it's incredibly entertaining. And it uh, it's very 80s ish, but it kind of it, it still holds up like you could still watch it and enjoy it. So sometimes you watch stuff from like, you know, from from my my childhood. And then I'm like, oh, this didn't hold up as well as I thought it would. So Rebecca, are you a fan of Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I am. But what's funny is, is that I didn't watch it until I would say, I wouldn't want to say like later in life, but I didn't watch it uh, because I am a child of the 90s, like very, very late 80s, and but definitely more of like a late 90s kid. So I didn't watch it probably until I think like high school, like later in high school, probably at a swim meet party. Um, <laughs> like definitely like in one of those scenarios where like I think we also watched like a bunch of David Spade movies. Um, <laughs> we had so many choices. Uh, and I still think my one of my favorite things is that it's really funny to Jordan whenever he's like, I still can't believe you've seen this movie. And I'm like, it's because my parents weren't responsible for showing it to me. <laughs> um, that's I was literally raised on like Monty Python's Flying Circus. And then like, so this was beyond my education. It was beyond like, the Monty Python sphere. It's beyond Monty Python and whatever was on PBS at, at the, any given moment. Um, so I find it's. It's such a great movie. And then what I think is really cool about this re-theme in general is this is the same, these are the same folks who have done other re-themes that we've seen around. It's also, they did Ferrari. And then I know in the streaming community, um, Matt Hardy and Rebby Hardy, another Rebecca. There's a lot of us. I'm just saying lots of Rebeccas. Um, uh, they've been around and I did not know she did the art package until I read the article. Yeah. Until I read the article today, I had no idea she did the art package. I knew this was coming out. So I was really excited about it, but I had no idea she was going to be involved. Norma, are you a fan of the movie? Do you remember watching it, you know, you know, back in the eighties or later on? Well, it's sort of a party game you can play with me and it's called, did Norma see it? And <laughs> The answer is no. <laughs> she never oh. saw anything. I never saw anything. It's like <laughs> I watched a lot of television, but I didn't I didn't see a lot of movies. So did I ever see Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No. But I know what it's about. And I think the art on that 
that game looks really good. I was trying to figure out what game it used to be, though. I, I kind of didn't put that it's, together. It's what, a it, Mustang. Is that what it was? Because I was it's trying to like look through the article to see what they reskinned. Um, so to the engineer and the um, owner, the owner's Robert Mooney, the engineer's Brian Soares, um, they rethemed. There's two so far. There's one that was going to be owned by Brian, which is number one. And then number two is owned by Robert. And that's the one you see the pictures of with all the chrome. Um, Brian's is trimmed out in red from what I understand. And if you are a fan of the movie, they included every single reference that you could possibly think of. Even I was surprised. Like I have seen, I'm not even kidding. I've probably seen this movie at least 50 times. So I am a huge fan, but it, it, I was even impressed. Like the things that they thought about, you know, I think my favorite, there's a lot of stuff on there and we will include a link to TWIP. Um, the start button is an intercom like button. It's like one of like the best moments. Cause there's several moments where they're dealing with the intercom button at the front door. And I'm like, Oh my, it's those little things when I, when designers include things like that, that just is like, Oh my gosh. It's like somebody who is a fan, like somebody who really, really gets it. And I, I love those moments and it is, it is something to behold. I don't know if this would ever be something that would like, you know, go on a line, like as a, like a, a theme, you know, cause I don't know how many people would buy, but you know, if I had pockets, like I'm like, can I have number three? Like, I think what they did was amazing. Um, and, and as we alluded to earlier, uh, Rebby Hardy, um, game designer, uh, streamer, wrestler, she's amazing. And she was the digital artist and designer of the machine and nothing is like left untouched. Like there is something about the movie everywhere in this machine. It is incredibly impressive. She did an in-depth interview with Jeff Teolis, one of my favorite Jeffs um, on pinball profile. We'll include a link in the show notes. This podcast is awesome. So is Jeff's. I love Pinball Profile. He is an amazing interviewer. It's like I can't they say they planned it or something. They, I, I think they planned it. I, I, I sense a theme. <laughs> but uh, uh, we'll include a link in the show notes to uh, Jeff's amazing interview. I don't even need to listen to it yet. I'm going to listen to it after this. <laughs> um, it today was a crazy day today, but uh, it is uh, an incredible. Um, I it's one of probably one of the best re themes I've ever seen. Um, I. I am incredibly impressed. So if you're a fan of the movie, you'll enjoy it. If you're not a fan of the movie, there's a lot to love. There's a lot going on in this machine and it just looks like a lot of fun. Um, but oh, I, I can't wait to hear the interview with uh, Rebby and I can't wait. I hope, I hope that they take this to, I mean, maybe they'll take it to Expo. Rebecca, I will be so jelly if they take it to Pinball Expo <laughs> and you get to play it. Um but it's going to be absolutely amazing. So links in the show notes, you guys. Um, lots and lots to see, especially if you're a fan. And if you are a fan of Ferris Bueller, um, send us a note either on socials or via email because I'd love to chat with you about it. Um, and, and maybe we can get Rebby on the show. Like, that'd be kind of fun. I, I know. Doesn't she follow your stream, Rebecca? She does. And it is... Really, it is, and it was one of those things where I'll never forget. We have some had some super huge, um, super huge wrestling fans in our chat, and when I let them know, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, wait, do you mean that Hardy? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, what? And it broke. I think it broke half of our chat. And what's really funny <laughs> is, um, I don't think I ever realized, you know. 
you know, I love I love my hup challenge. I love my top rope pinball. I love my wrestling people. I have never been a wrestling person. And so it was always really funny how I'm just like, I feel like there's a lot of people in pinball that also really like wrestling. And I didn't ever, ever, ever think that it's that a big was... crossover. I, yeah, I didn't I... see that crossover coming, but it's big. Either. Norma, do you like wrestling? Absolutely. And if, yes. you watch, and if you watch my stream, there are, if over the many episodes, there have been subtle types of things with plot lines and confrontations that are very wrestling inspired. So I, I borrow a lot from wrestling. Um, when it comes to trying to make storylines for Norma, the telepathic wizard and, you know, and other things, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy wrestling and, you know, I get on there with the, with top rope there and I say, Robert, you know, what happened there? You know, it's like they let, <laughs> they let Ric Flair go. That, that, that was, that was a travesty, you know? So it's like, so I watch a lot of wrestling and I, I watch wrestling to get ideas for the stream, actually. So I, I'm letting this out here. I, I borrow a lot from what they're doing. And WWE, they have a doll that has magical powers. I'm like, gosh, where'd they get that idea from? You know, it's like they're, now they're stealing from me is what I always joke with my <laughs> husband. So, I mean, I, I borrow from wrestling and I take a lot of inspiration from it. And yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a big crossover because it's larger than life and it's a, it's a world in the ring and pinball is a world under glass. So I think it's about escapism. So I think that's probably why you see a lot of that. I think so. I, you know, I had never thought about that. Like in the sense of like when you guys just talked about no, it right now, I knew there was a crossover, but I never, crisis, like right what's now. that? We're going to go into an existential crisis. Like right now I'm like, <gasps> we got my super mind deep. has been blown. <laughs> I don't know if I'm Okay. And you know, the funny part is Mr. Backbox, who I'm still trying to lure into pinball, like, like, like as much as I am, he's super into wrestling, super into it. We watch like, he makes me watch all these wrestling documentaries. And, you know, he talks about like local Texas wrestlers. And I like, I feel like this is an in. I was like, you know, there's like, like wrestling themed pinball. Like, I'm just saying, like, we could just go and we'll just take that right. Hard right. I was like, I love it. Yes. Uh, that's, I feel, I feel like we've like, you know, it's like that moment in like English literature class where you're like sensed like a theme from something. You're like, I didn't even know that. That's like, so that's super deep. I love I it so much. Well, now I just want Norman to visit because yeah. if she's into wrestling, Lauren, are, does it, are you familiar with the Austin, Texas wrestling scene that we have here? We have local wrestling, Hill Baby Worm. Um, and I did not. I think fully understand it. And then right when I was getting into it, COVID hit. And now I just really want to be like, you guys come check out our local wrestling. It gets really hot and disgusting and sweaty because they do it like inside a warehouse and everyone smells really weird, but it's still really cool. Yeah. I wanted to go to WrestleMania, but because of the virus, my husband and I didn't go, but it was, I mean, it was over in Tampa. It's about three and a half, four hours for us to drive. So we would have gone. And, uh, and we didn't even watch it on the pay-per-view. I just read the summaries because I kind of figured, well, I think I know how these will all come out. And then I would read the summaries and everything. I'm like, oh, that's an idea. You know, so I'm, I'm even mining the written summaries for ideas. So I have a lot of things running around in my head. And wrestling's great. And I watch a lot of uh, the late night wrestling, the uh, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, I like. It's very small and very, 
intimate. And I mean, you just have to, I, I feel bad for these guys. They get hurt. I, I've already told, you know, I've, I've already told, uh, Jordan on Hub Challenge. I'm like, listen, when you're in the ring, I'm really worried for you. <laughs> I'm worried you're going to get hurt by these idiots that don't practice, right? You know, so I worry about him. I, I worry about him in particular. <laughs> so Jordan, be careful. Yeah. My Jordan, love you, Jordan. You're fine. You don't do wrestling, but Jordan with Hub Challenge, you be careful. Jordan, stay safe. Stay safe. I mean, I, I didn't know how much safe, skill went into like until, until Mr. Backbox started educating me on pro wrestling i had no idea like i was just like and then he gets more into the the like normal like the story and the drama and all of that he loves it so much and i have watched so much wrestlemania and so much like you know uh was it i i don't even know the names like all i know is that it's on and then he was like this is a story about the von erics and then he's like did you know that Shawn michaels had a wrestling school i'm like oh no <laughs> it's a soap opera it is a beautiful soap opera i've I watched the car version, which is uh, Monster Trucks, which is like car wrestling. Um, but it's like car wrestling. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. charged again. Guilty is charged. I do watch the Monster Trucks because I just root for them to do as many backflips as they can. <laughs> you know, I don't really know, and I'm not a big car guy. My husband is the car guy, so I'm just like, wow, look at that! Look at that engine. It's pretty big. That's about all I know about the car. So. <laughs> that is very similar to my car knowledge. I like that they flip around. Jordan is the car guy, and to which is how he got into pinball because he was like, "Oh, it's like a car, but smaller." And when I'm like, "Okay, sure," um, <laughs> and he took me to go. We we were in uh, Orlando. We got to go see Monster Trucks in Orlando, and um, the last time, you know. Second to last time that we were in Florida was when we got to see Monster Trucks. And whenever they come to Austin, we only have the Frank Irwin Center. And it's so small, like, they don't have the space to do all the cool stuff that they can do, like, everywhere else. San Antonio, they get to do cool stuff. Um, you guys have a good Monster We got the Alamo Dome. They like to throw dirt and, like, do all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. Monster Jam. It comes yeah. every January. So that is I, – I love this so much. It's all full circle. Pinball brings everything back around. Yeah, so I love it. Yeah, stay off yeah. the pinball machine. I love out. it so much. We're, we're going to include it's links great. in the show notes, and we'll also include, like, some fun wrestling links. We're going to put those in there, too. Love it. <laughs> and Monster Trucks. Uh, and Monster Trucks. <laughs> do all the things. <laughs> something you never thought you'd hear on the black box pinball podcast monster trucks and wrestling it's like you, rob rob byers is going to be so proud of us <laughs> oh my goodness no, um norma one thing i wanted to ask you before we kind of deep dive into all the magic that is you um you have played mandalorian and we've had um our recent guests kind of tell us their experience since it's the newest pinball on the scene um what are your takeaways from mando do you love it do you not love it do you have mixed feelings what what are your thoughts on um, mandalorian so i have a mandalorian pro and it took a 10 ball game for me to get to this is the way. And I posted it on my channel wow. and that's like the only time I've gotten there. Uh, Mandalorian is, is a very unforgiving game. And as I tell people, it's got the second most restrictive lower half of the play field in pinball. In my opinion, I think the first is Bride of Pinbot. Um, but Bride of Pinbot quickly devolves into about really devolves into about four shots, right? So, but here with Mandalorian, you have so many shots. You have a left loop, a right loop. You have a scoop. You have the big tall ramp, the, the big tall left ramp. You have the little curly Q right ramp. And then you've got straight up the middle for a racer crest. And, and 
you have to hit these shots. The, the, the posts will send you into left, right, and it will be very dangerous. I, I think that Dwight presented us with some rather complete code, but it is definitely not finished even at 0.970, even though I'm seeing people use it in tournaments. I played Mandalorian last Tuesday, and I ran into a bug that I've definitely reported, which is if you complete like an encounter level when you plunge, then when you catch the ball, the only thing you see is the number one encounter light flashing, and the whole rest of the playfield goes out, and I'm like... This hmm. is just a programming bug. I'm like, this is a programming bug. It'll get fixed. And of course, the mythical question mark multi-ball that you can get when you get the question mark twice. I must have hit the question mark twice about five or six times. I still haven't gotten it. Um, I usually get the child will choose. And I'm like, could the child choose a multi-ball every once in a while? I'd like to see what this is. But So I'm hoping that maybe in the next version, they can do something with the percentages with some of these awards. So that I can get the, I can get the, uh, the multi-ball, that mystery multi-ball a little more frequently. I've got the game about halfway elevated, but I have the, the tilt set, like on a tournament tilt. So I tilt quite a bit because the way I see it, you've got to, you got to master nudging on this one. This is not about doing violent moves. You have to do the nudging. Um, the strategy I usually use is if I'm going to try to go deep in the game, I start with the, um, I start with the, um, with the encounters. Otherwise I'm thinking get as far as I can with Razor Crest and then start a mission before I go to the multi-ball. I've seen people hold back on the, on the, um, on the flamethrower until they get ice spider multi-ball, which I think is a pretty good idea. They also tend to hold that back till they get a playfield multiplier. And, uh, I think all that is good. So the game, the game will not let you run away. That is <laughs> a very important thing about this game. And I think it's what makes it good. It's not like, you know, it's not like Avengers where if I go and I choose this, this special thing and I happen to knock down all the shots, then I blow my opponent out of the water if they're not courageous enough to follow me. Right. Here with Mandalorian, you, there are no quick and easy ways. I like the limited multi-balls. At first, I hated it. I'm like, you mean to tell me I only get three of these before the mini wizard? And I'm like, okay, well, what they take away from me will make me stronger. And so you get very strategic. Now now it's time to use a multi-ball. Now it's not time to use a multi-ball. Um, maybe I should buy an extra ball. Maybe I want to buy clear and encounter level, which is my favorite. Um, you, you are forced to look at your own weaknesses and develop them into strengths. And you're also forced to choose a path early on that is going to produce potentially the greatest value without you being stuck in a situation where you're in a lot of left, right, and you're building up for something that isn't going to happen. So I'm overall, I'm pretty psyched about what's going to come in this next version. So I'm, I'm looking forward to 1.0 for sure. I think 1.0 is going to be... Very much. It's going to fix all of those little bugs. Um, I'm excited to see it. Do you do you think this would be a good overall, a good uh, tournament game? Because there's some games that you know, especially some of the newer sterns that I almost hate to see in tournaments because somebody's going to pay like thir- thirty minutes. No, on that. No, but no, no. Um, or they're not really challenging enough. It's like, oh, you know, it's not or it's not a great point driver. Um, what what are your feelings about it in tournaments? So I think that Mandalorian in general rewards people who can duplicate what the leader is doing. 
And that, I think, is the mark of a good tournament game. Take a look at the Point Monsters tournament at the Pinball Asylum this past weekend. The players that did well were able to duplicate what the other players did. If they, you know, it's not like, hey, I mean, I hit three super jackpots and now the game is out of reach and nobody can catch me. Super jackpots in this game tend to be very small. The largest super jackpot I think I've pulled down is like 14 million or something. You're not going to get a Led Zeppelin 100x laser loves play field where you're scoring <laughs> a billion points a shot. That's never going to happen here. So I think of all the games that, that Stern has put out recently, I'd, I would put this up there as a strong tournament game. I'd put Deadpool up there too. I definitely think Deadpool doesn't get played as much in tournaments. I'm a big fan of that one. And I'm not as big a fan about a game like Led Zeppelin or even so much Avengers. Avengers is really complex, and Led Zeppelin, you get a player that can run away. So I'm liking what Mandalorian could be like in a tournament. That and Jurassic Park, too, which I have both of those. Oh, I love Jurassic Park. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of Jurassic Park love. Norma, I'm curious what your thoughts are. I think that, so I also, I also have my Mando Pro. By mine, I mean, it's, we share. Um, Jordan, it's Jordan's. Uh, we share. (laughs) Um, but I am, so I had Colin, McAlpine running around in my chat the other day, uh, recommending me to get to what he referred to as the fire triangle, which is basically whenever you are running all three multipliers and then you run your flamethrower while you mm-hmm. are also stacking a mission, an mm-hmm. encounter, and a razor crest. Right. And I have only successfully done it once. <laughs> I GC'd the game. Right. Have you done, have you tried to do this? Uh-huh. Is it, it is, or do you, I don't know if you find it as equally frustratingly hard <laughs> as well, I so, do. So it's I haven't so gotten all, I haven't gotten the, the, the six X multiplier going. And um, I'm glad that, that Dwight made the playfield multipliers a little harder to get to. Munsters, it's dreadfully easy. Start up, you start a character, you hit one target and suddenly you're in a doubler. Uh, here you have to do stuff, right? You have to do two Boba Fett's or you get your, get your scope and or you get your hunter there and all that business. But, um, but I've gotten on the last stream, I really lit it up. I was at three X. I was in a mission. I started Razor Crest. It was Ice Spider. So now I'm in three X and I hit the flamethrower and I doubled everything up. And I, if you watch me on the stream, I'm like, I don't even know how much these spiders are, but they're a lot. Right. You know, and that's all you should be thinking about this game. You shouldn't be looking up at the scoreboard saying, gee, I wonder what's going on. Cause half the time you're looking at a, you know, you're looking at a clip from the show. It's like, forget it. Just know what's important and just do it. So that's as far as I've gotten. I, I haven't gotten to that, to that super duper biggie, biggie thing. And you know what's funny is you can't even hold it. Right. So you can't hold on to that forever, which again, I think is strong. You know, you can't hold on to it. And it's not like Munsters where it's like, oh, I want to hold on to 6X. So, you know, wait till it flashes and whack that uh, multiplier and I get another 30 seconds. No, you you have to do stuff all over again. So I like the challenge of doing that here. I'll, I'll work on trying to do what Colin's doing. It'll take me a while, but maybe I'll get there. It's hard. It's so hard. It's I've done it. I did it once. It was the first night that we got it. And I was like, that's a lot of points, Jordan. I think I GC'd it. And then it's been there ever since. And it's it's such a satisfying moment 
I feel like, um, to like have the moment where you do the thing. And then it's really hard. I think what I love about it so much is, is that I really like to, uh, I want to try to get back to it. And then I had, uh, my family come over for my dad's birthday and my grandma mentioned, she goes, it was on Mandarin. She goes, Oh, Rebecca, I've made it do a lot of lights. Is it supposed to do that? And I was like, yes. <laughs> you did it. You made it do lots of lights. Good job. So I'm like, and I know I just want to be like, I hope Dwight someday hears that my grandma was really excited about all the lights. She liked all the lights. All the on lights. Mando. And the light show is pretty good. Nope, my mom asked show. me once, how do you play this game? She walked up to a modern game she hadn't seen before. I said, listen, you got two missions. If it's lit, put it out. If it's out, light it up. There. You just learned pinball. Go for it. And then she played out a turn anyway. I had to avoid it. So. I love it. I love that so much. So, uh, Norma, I, I, we're so excited to have you here. And one of the, the ways that both Rebecca and I got introduced to you is, is from your stream. And kind of wanted to talk to you about, you know, how you got started with your stream. What started you on that journey? And, um, and, you know, kind of what happened to you last year in, in 2020. Um, so you are a streamer and you, uh, stream a show called Pinball and Cancer. And I, you know, kind of explain to our listeners kind of, you know, where that started from and kind of, you know, your journey on that. Sure. So I think a lot of people have, have checked in on the stream at some point or another. Now, the full name of the stream is Pinball and Cancer Two Journeys, but I'm on, under Pinball and Cancer on Twitch. Um, when I'm playing, my husband, who goes by the spider, he's the one chatting. Um, so he does the chatting while I play. But if I go to other streams, then I'm myself. Um, a year ago at this time, really at this time. So we're here in mid-August of 2021. And it was in mid-August of 2021 that I, you know, basically had gotten the word that, uh, you know, you have esophageal cancer. It's it's metastasized to your liver and it might be attacking your right lung. And your prognosis is fatal. You're, you know, we don't, you, we got to you too late. You're stage four. We can't really operate on you and we, really can't cure you. We can give you chemotherapy. We can just try therapies on you and we'll try to, and we'll try to heal you. This was in August of 2020. And, uh, I remember after I got that diagnosis, no sooner than two days later, I just, I thought to myself, what am I going to do? Am I going to lay on the couch for the rest of my life and watch the prices, right? Or am I going to try to engage people? Keep in mind, we're in the heart of the pandemic. The first time around, of which we've had many goes at it. Um, but really, I really couldn't leave the house. And I was so sick, I couldn't even walk to the bedroom without having to sit and take a rest. And so I said to myself, you know, like, basically, what's what's left for me? What have I not done? And I, I said to myself, you know, there are things I want to tell people about what's happened to me, and I want to share that, and I also want to do the thing that I love the most. I'm technically disabled now. I have feeling in my some feeling in my hands and my feet, but not total, and that came from chemotherapy drugs. I have chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy, so 
can't really feel everything. I tried to clip my nails earlier. My husband had to help me with that. My husband has to help me with a lot of basic tasks, but I can still play. So as long as I can play, I'm playing. But I told I told my family, I said, I'm going to do pinball stream. They thought I was out of my mind. They're like, you probably only have like months or they said two years. They said you have two years to live and you're just going to stream pinball. Yeah, good uh, good life choice on that one. So, um, I mean, I just said, listen, it doesn't cost that much. So be my investment. I think for a thousand bucks or something, I can get all the cameras and, you know, get, get all the equipment and build it all to Carl D'Angelo specifications. Listen, we, I want to do this. Well, what do you think you're going to get out of it? I haven't the foggiest idea. I haven't the foggiest idea. I think I just want to talk with people. And I want to go out there and I want to tell people about my cancer in particular. And I also want to play pinball and and show people that. And so that was where it all came from. And I said, well, what I'm thinking to myself, what do we call it? I'm like, well, pinball and cancer. There's only two subjects in this show, really. I mean, it's pinball and it's cancer. So pinball and cancer, two journeys. I'm like, yeah, it's two journeys. My 45-year journey with pinball and my, and my new journey with terminal cancer and back in as recently as November last year, it was was looking like a very short journey. Um, I was really, based on the numbers that I saw, I was in dire straits. I probably had only about a month to live. But thankfully the chemotherapy took hold and and it and it did a lot of good things for me. And so uh, I was able to start eating food again and I was able to um, I killed a lot of tumors in my liver, although there are still many, many tumors there. Um, my lungs cleared up and I'm clear in every other place. So we're down to a very limited battle, but I don't like to call this a cancer battle or a cancer war. There's no war here. There's no battle. Because if there's a war or a battle, that means you can devise tactics and you can play, make plans of attack and then you can go at it. My mission really is to keep showing up at my doctor's office pretty much every day and they give me drugs. And then we, every so often, like tomorrow, we're going to look at my CT scan results and we just see how they're working. So really, I just become a giant Petri dish and we try to keep me alive as long as possible. It's been a year. I'm feeling so much better than I did. And I'm still playing. And I've gotten out to some pinball events and I, I got the third coronavirus shot uh, today, which I'm a little under the weather on that. But... I plan on sticking around. And during the streams, um, I had people send me things. I can't tell you about the love that I've received from people. Total strangers like you and like so many others. And even people within the Florida pinball community who I had really passing relationships with, but they've done so many different things. And one, one thing that they've been doing consistently and it's spread, it's spread uh, to, uh, to different parts of the country and even different parts of the world, Australia, etc. They're putting up my three-letter initials. I go by PEA. My husband calls me Sweet P. Oh. So I put up PEA. They put up PEA for me, and they send me pictures of their high scores, their high scores with PEA, and I showcase them on the stream. And, of course, we have Emily Unruh, who is in a class by herself. Oh. She is beyond... She is beyond humanitarian. Her, 
she latched on to my story because it was a lot like her father's story in some respects. And um, she and so many of you pinball streamers out there, if you're listening, helped create a quilt for me, which I have, and I keep in safekeeping. And I show the quilt on the stream every week because I just like advertising the other streamers and I just like to show what Emily did. I told her I'll show it every week. I need a little better camera work on that, but I'm very happy with the quilt itself and I'm, I think about it a lot. And when I, when I don't feel like going on, which happens, I think to myself, there are so many people that want me to go on, so I just go on. And then Norma, the telepathic pinball wizard, she looks kind of like a gnome doll with a wizard hat on her and long blonde hair. She's almost, back when I had longer blonde hair, she was, I guess, supposed to be sort of a, a doppelganger for me or something like that. Um, you know, I, I included her in the stream and then I decided, you know, I'm, I'm all by myself here and I, if, if nobody's chatting, then I really have nobody to talk to or I don't have any, plot points really, you know, and I like to make up little stories and stuff. So, so Norma took on a life of her own and she has a voice of her own and she talks and, you know, she has a side job now and everything. And I like developing the Norma mythology. And I think it just gives people something a little entertaining to watch and listen to that doesn't have anything directly to do with cancer because my stream can be a downer. And I watch this, I watch the audience drop off when I start talking about cancer awareness and I start talking about, you know, celebrities that have died of cancer or have been diagnosed with very dire, uh, forms of cancer and their prognoses and Dustin Diamond and, you know, and comparing him to, you know, other people. You can get lung cancer if you don't smoke. That was shocking, I think, to a lot of people. And, you know, and all sorts of other things that happen and diseases. And I've showed, I've shown people my infusion port. I've shown them, you know, I've shown them like, here's where I get my medicine and everything. And, you know, I've had great friends of this stream too. And I think I count a lot of these streamers in the Florida pinball community. I don't think anybody has given me greater support than Eric Stone. So I know that Eric Stone, a lot of people have feelings about him. He's currently number three in the world. And, you know, so I'm a little starstruck by him, and I always have been, because I keep saying to myself, there, but for the grace of God, go I. I could play like that, right? And I've played him, and I, I copy his style sometimes, and I, you know, and I, I've i lost to him head-to-head -head in a couple of finals, and I'm like, ah, oh, that was my moment, right? That was my moment to, you know, to, to supersede him. But his compassion and his you know, um, openness to do for me and to be there for me and do interviews and whatever it is that I ask, he is there. And I plan on doing a full night of streaming with him, probably over at the Pinball Asylum, as soon as, well, I'm kind of taking August off because here in Florida, things are a little dicey. And of course, I just got my shot, so I need to wait for that to take effect. But probably in September sometime, I'd like to do a whole night of streaming with Eric um, he's an outstanding guy. There's nothing more I can say about him. And there's so many players in Florida that are just as outstanding, just as beneficent, but just as giving. And I can't thank them enough. 
and they have shown more compassion toward me than people I've known for many years. All the people I've ever worked with, they all bailed. Some of them even knew how sick I was, or that I was very sick, and most all of them bailed on me. So it shows me where my true loyalties lie, and I think it lies with this group and folks like you and folks that are listening. And I just want to say again and again and again how truly grateful I am. You have kept me alive, and I'm I, that is not an overstatement because there were a lot of times where I'm like, well, what's the use? Well, i got to do the stream on Tuesday. People are expecting me to be there. And it gave me a purpose to go on. So I'm thankful for all that. I really appreciate you asking me on the show here to, to retell those stories. It's been our pleasure. And, and I, I could listen to you chat all night. I, I love your story. It's absolutely beautiful. And it kind of talks about the resiliency of like what we call the pinball family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it is always very surprising and humbling, you know, how close I've grown to my pinball family, you know, even over friends I've had for years. Um, you know, I, you are right. The, the people in our community, you know, there are some of the most kind and compassionate people I've ever met. Um, so I, I completely wholeheartedly agree with you. And I'm always, I'm always surprised and a little overwhelmed by it sometimes. Um, but it, that, that's a, a beautiful, beautiful story, Norma. So, you have this plan to stream with Eric, um, you know, after August. Uh, do you have any other wants or desires for the stream? Are there any other things you'd like to like to do here in the future? Um, or- well, I mean, the thing about my stream, especially now that I've got some health, is I believe. So, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that Manu over at, uh, you know. Uh, you know, mystery pinball theater over there. <laughs> I've told him before, I said, I think Manu, you and I are pushing the envelope of this medium more than anybody else. I, I said, I mean, I've had, I've had short film tributes to soldiers that I created. I've had, um, I've had, you know, little vignettes about Norma disappearing and we've had confrontations with, uh, with Norma's teacher, we've, I mean, I plan on trying to do maybe more short films. And then I, that is something I'd like to do. And I do musical vignettes. We'll have one tomorrow night. Um, I really do not put myself in a box. I say to myself, this stream is called Pinball and Cancer. It's ridiculous. It's, it's Pinball and Cancer and et cetera. You know, there's more. There's always more. And the people that tune in, you know, they, they see what I'm trying to do. And I got to be perfectly honest with you, with, with the time frame they've given me, I've had lots of things I've wanted to do in my life and I'm just trying to fit them all in. And, you know, filmmaking was one of them. So I, I'm thinking, oh, I'm not going to be able to make a feature film. I don't have the energy or the time and I've got things documented and I've got music and things picked out and I just haven't done anything with it and I'm not there. Um, but I'm, I want to do more to push this medium. The Twitch medium is so underutilized. We can do so much more. And I'm just hoping that other people will take my lead and Manu's lead, you know, with his riffing and all the other things. It's like he, 
he sees it. And I say to Manu, you and I see it. And, and I think he acknowledges that. And so there's a mutual respect there. And that's what I want to do going forward. That's absolutely beautiful. I love that so much. Um, Norma, I, I wish you all the best on your journey. Our platform, I know Rebecca feels the exact same way. You are welcome here anytime. Um, you know, for, um, for, we'll put a link in the show notes so you can follow Norma's journey on Twitch. It's an amazing channel. Um, there's, it's, it's there's really just so much to it. And it's, yeah. Um, it is funny that we are talking to Norma today because one of my friends who passed away during COVID due to her cancer diagnosis, today was actually the unveiling of the elementary school that was named after her. Um, didn't register until about 15 minutes ago um, in my brain. But um, it's, I feel, I, I feel like we get to learn a lot from each other and there's a lot that I learned from her and there's so much that I learned from Norma and Norma's stream and I like Norma's, I like her international stream because I can turn it on the TV while I go to work and my cats can watch. Um, and cat entertainment is very important, Lauren. Uh, Norma, <laughs> Norma International is probably going to go away after next week. I just need the time is what it is. I, but we'll do, we'll do this it's, Wednesday. It's okay. We'll do next Wednesday. It's there are okay. plenty of good streamers out there on Wednesday afternoons. And that's a very touching story, Rebecca, about, you know, the, the naming of a school, and I was remiss to say the Pinball Asylum named their streaming broadcast booth after me, and there was a tournament named in my honor last year uh, where the prize was a pinball machine. It was probably the single biggest wow. prize ever given wow. in a tournament, and you know they put my name on it and everything, and all these things with my name on it, and I, I, I know that your friend and your friend's family are thinking the same thing. And my family in particular is so grateful to to people that keep reaching out and keep me in their thoughts and keep praying for me. And I have a lot of people praying for me, and I have to remind myself of that too. And I think that's that's something that uh, that's something we all need now. And I, I I hope that you will do the same. Of course, Norma. Yeah, of, of course. course. I like. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been hearing your story and, you know, watching your stream and just the, the chance to talk to you. Um, I just feel um, very blessed to have this opportunity. And it's just been it's been wonderful to, to chat with you. We've enjoyed having you on the show. Rebecca, I'm going to let you lead it, girl. We're going to move into our final segment of the show inside the pinball arcade. You ready, girl? Can you do it? Girl, girl, I'm ready. Because not only that, I typed up the I typed up the question. I'm super proud of you. I know. I'm I'm, pr- I'm I'm so proud of me too. And thankful, <laughs> thankfully, thankful to Norma who was like, "Oh, can I get the questions?" And I'm like, "Oh, I should do that. I should I should write them down." Instead yeah, of, listeners, like, type it we, up instead of on a sticky note that my cat has definitely like half eaten and dragged into the coffee table. It's fine. We, uh, Rebecca has become in charge of like guest relations. So that's like on her, but I'm very excited that I'm like, I want her to own this section. Uh, Norma for, uh, and for listeners who've never caught the show, this is probably the thing that we're probably most known for is this questionnaire. Um, and then I get, so people like stop me. They're like, ask me, ask me. And I'm like, okay, you've made it weird. (laughs) So I, I, but I love this part of the show. It is so much fun. Um, 
And 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 listeners, if you want to stop me at a pinball event, I am more than happy to hear your answers. So, um, Norma, you are one of, of many uh, guests that we've had on the show, and we're so excited you're going to participate in our Inside the Pinball Arcade. Are you ready? I'm ready. Woohoo! All right, Rebecca, it's all you. Norma, what game do you love? I've I've I'll play anything. I I used to tell people that. If there was like a kitty gumball machine that had flippers on it and, and you win a gumball, if you, you flipped it into the stupid little hole or something, I would play that. You know, it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing that I won't play. And I think the fact that there's so many different games is what it is. I don't really have a favorite. My husband loves ACDC. So I'll answer for him. He loves ACDC. <laughs> he likes that game because he likes the music. I guess, I guess we can, or, so let me ask you this. What game is your current, if you love all machines, what game is like your current favorite to play? Like if you're going to show up to an arcade, what's the first thing that you're going to sink quarters well, into? Well, I'll tell you what, I, first thing I do is I pick something I don't own because I think to myself, I didn't come all the way here to play Jurassic Park. I have that at home, right? But I usually will go over to games where I'm not as strong and I tend to be a little weaker in those early uh, early Williams DMDs, I tend to have a little bit of a weak spot there. Some of these 90s Gottlieb games, uh, they're kind of wacky, and I'm like, oh, you know, I could really work on that. So for me, it's always about working on something. I'm always trying to work on something. So I'll probably go to an an older game because I I have, I mean, I have access about a half hour away to a distributor who gets all the newer games in. So when he gets them in, I just play them all. And then he has a bunch of older games and I play test them and I say, oh, that bumper's not functioning or that switch on that outlay needs to be fixed. So, you know, I play test and I play. Oh, goodness. Awesome. Well, I don't know if you'll be able to, I don't know if you'll have an answer for the next question, which is what game do you hate? My personal is The Walking Dead, but I well, mean. I used to hate Walking Dead, but then I learned to appreciate it. And then I wanted to bring it home. My husband said, too gory. No. He's so gory. It's so violent. I don't want to I did get caught with my pants down when I said I would I would be willing to own one again, but (laughs) he doesn't want to hear all the groans and all the you know, the the things that sounds like they're stabbing him through the head and everything. It's like the splatter, like that that squishy sound. And no splatter gore here. (laughs) You know. I mean, um I'll tell you what, I I'll tell you what game I hate. I hate a game that isn't fixed. I think that especially on location there needs to be a consistent um, dedication to keeping games running. So, so the, the the venues that focus on repairs and focus on making the game perfect, those are the machines that I like. And and if it, there's something wrong where I'm constantly playing around a problem, I'm like, this isn't as fun. I'm, you know, I'm just carving carving points around the problem. So I don't like those so much. I feel like that's a really valid answer. I don't know if people. I don't think Lauren has anybody said. I don't know. Broken. Nobody I'm has like, ever I don't think said, that. said that. I love before. it though. It's very. It's very like you know. She's just like you know leveled up on that answer. Yeah. I'm like because I always say like Stargate. I hate Stargate. So, but I love that. That's a perfect I love answer, Stargate. Norma. 
Stargate. Stargate tends to be broken a lot. So this is also true. Someone said that they hated Game of Thrones and it broke my heart because Game of Thrones is literally like my favorite game of all time. And then, um, but it's okay. Um, I, I understand. Um, well, Game of Thrones, I think where people get lost and I get lost on the game too, is if the rules are so complicated and the call outs don't help you, then mm. it becomes a mystery box. And even Mandalorian can be like that. You know, and some of the call-outs are just weird. Like when they tell you, oh, the child is lit, shoot the right orbit. What, what, is the left orbit suddenly broken? It's like, I can also shoot the left orbit, you know, it's the same thing, you know. So so I think when there's misleading call-outs or incomplete call-outs or stranger things, which I call the quietest game in pinball, <laughs> you know, because they don't tell you anything. And half it's the true. time it's just listening to the music so norma that frustrates i want players. you to come over and i want you to play our stranger things we've got cleveland code on it and it's got tons of call outs and it's amazing and, and, and if they're instructive then i think people like it if it, if it's you know but if you know the game already then it's like okay well i know the game right you know that's that i think is the difference i think a lot of players get scared away from the newer games because they look at what's going on and they're like i haven't the freaking foggiest idea what to do here and I, I think we've got to try to get away from that. That's why Munsters, in a way, is a valuable addition to pinball because it's approachable. And that makes it something that we can use to hook in new players because Avengers isn't that game. I'm already seeing Avengers going up for trade and sale and everything like that. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I know what happened. You couldn't figure it out. So now you're just trying to get rid of it, <laughs> right? You know? And. I mean, I had Vince Gellermine try to explain Avengers to me during Point Monsters at the Pinball Asylum, and it sailed right over my head. Well, you know, you get the 2X Iron Man. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So that's a long answer to a short question. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Still love it. It's amazing. So next, what is your favorite pinball sound? Uh, I like the old Williams pinball sounds like you would hear on Firepower, my dad and I. We, we put many, many dollars, many dollars into firepower. And of course, you, Black Knight had the same sound package because it was the Defender sound package and it was the Robotron sound package. And then, of course, those sounds were used again and again. They were used on, on uh, Cosmic Gunfight and uh, they were used on Warlock and they were used in so many places. And every time I hear them, I think of Defender and Stargate and I think of you know, I just think of the video game aspect. Alien Poker used them too. So I, I like those sounds. And those sounds remind me of a better time in my life, I guess. It's really nostalgic. And I, I'm thinking of when I played the firepower at uh, What's Brewing, Lauren. Yep. Uh, I was going to say we had firepower on site for a while. So is it not there anymore? I don't, I don't think so. Wait, it's, I'll have to look. It was literally right there. I'm and like it was trying mean to, to me, I, but it said, but you know what? It did sound really cool when it was mean. It sounded to me. cool, so yeah, I, I, I'll forgive it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, what is your favorite art package? That's like back glass, well, playfield, yeah. side art. Well, I don't know. As far as as far as the art goes, I really have to say that what Stern's been doing has been pretty strong. Um, they, you know. The colors are bright. It does attract attention. It's great. Um, Guns N' Roses is 
Guns N' Roses is pinball on steroids, and now we've got, we can have it extra bright and everything like that. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, easy now, you know, let's, uh, let's get back to playing this game. So I, I think what Stern's been doing overall, you know, I've got Mandalorian and Jurassic Park, and I'm looking at the two of them, and I'm like, this was tastefully done. It's, you know, people say, oh, it's like a little Photoshoppy, right? You know, they just, they slap the, uh, the images on there and everything. But, I mean, you have to use the licensed artwork and everything. I think Jurassic Park is probably the strongest of the art packages, I would say, of the recent Stern games. I just think there's so much going on with that game that was done so tastefully that I think it's really hard to, it's really hard to say goodbye to that game if you ever bring it in your home, I think. It took a while for Jordan to convince me to let us to let us sell it. We just quite weren't as good as we wanted to be for it. It was our first new inbox, but it was it's definitely um it's so eye catching, I feel like. Like Jurassic Park, if you see it, you see it from across like you see it from across the arcade where and it is so loud and in your face and it's so cool. Um I, I do really I do really like I, I miss Jurassic Park, but shh. Whenever anybody sells a Jurassic Park, it makes me sad. It just makes me sad. That's like no, it, it, out of all the new in boxes that are okay. there at Stern right now, that's the one I want. Like if like Lauren, you could win a new Stern, that would be the one I would pick. I was like, it would be Jurassic Park. I just I feel like reaching out to the people that are selling Jurassic Park and go, I really think you should reconsider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, give it one more shot. You know, yeah, you're gonna love it. Yeah, it's Don't. okay. We, we, know. we know. We know. Which on that on that note, Norma, what I know you said your husband says you can fit one more pin in there. No, no, we can't fit one more. But we can't. If you somehow magically could fit another pin in your house, what pin would you want that to be? I don't know. Yeah, I've been kind of I've been saying, Are you sure we can't have Walking Dead? He's like, I really don't want it. Uh, you know what? <laughs> You can have it if you want it. And, you know, and then unfortunately what happens is every time he sees a game that I play for like 10 minutes, he's like, if you want that game, you can have it. I'm like, we can't have them all. We should have built an addition onto the house. Then you could have put all your games in there. I'm like, I don't need any more games. I'm not, I don't even play the ones that I have sometimes. I have, I'm leaning on a game from 1951. I've got a game from 1970. I've got 73. I've got, um, ACDC is on a summer vacation with Sebastian Bobbio, so I've got his Amazing Spider-Man, and I'm kicking the crap out of that. My goal is to roll that. I've got Jurassic Park. I've got Mandalorian. I'm like, well, we have almost every year I covered. You know, it's fine. We had Harley Davidson first edition in here from Sega. We had Deadpool in here for a while. We had Metallica in here for a while. You know, it's like we've had a lot of games here. I tell my husband. And I've loved them all. And, you know, the only reason I would say Walking Dead is I just feel like I've never really completely lit that game up. I've only been in the 300s on it. And I'm like, I know I can do a lot more on that game. And I just haven't had a chance to do it yet because I have to play everybody else's. 
Three hundreds isn't bad. I'm like yeah, over I'm here, like, like with my sadness. It's like, ugh. If I crack a hundred, I'm like, that's it's fine. pretty good. But no, I, I get uh, it. Multi kills, multi kills, and playfield multipliers, and do your multi balls, and yeah. <laughs> I feel like go. Walking Dead it would be a fun game to learn how to master, though. Like, I've we've talked about. I know I've had mm-hmm. some friends talk about it where we would want to do if they did a vault of Walking Dead, but they made it less gory and they did it uh did, like comic book art style like from the comics hmm. and i'm like oh oh that would actually be really really cool like i hmm. could be into that hmm. there you go so interesting it's a it's a thought stern just putting it out there putting it out there into the universe. Oh, they've, they've, they've got their <laughs> hands full they've got their hands full they have they're three or four games ahead of us you know <laughs> But but what if I ask nicely, like really nicely? <laughs> Maybe begged a little bit. Insert this game in between your gigantic production line where you've yeah, already made yeah, the tooling just, for everything else. Could you please just undo all that? Yeah, just <laughs> undo everything in, and make you know? me The Walking Dead so it right. won't horrify the neighborhood children who I want to entice into pinball. Like, <laughs> it's for the greater good. Totally. Sure. It's for the kids. It's for, for the, the kids. children, y'all. For the children. For the children. Yes. And so, Norma, what is your dream theme? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have one. I, I just my dream is they just keep putting them out and that they're better. I mean, I will admit, Mud Zeppelin was a bit of a disappointment for me. I really held out for that one. I was like. I'm like, I'm not trading anything. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then it got to a month before Christmas and I, and I said, you know, I don't think, that, I don't think it's going to come out. I don't think they're going to do it this year. I thought to myself to be a horrible miss for them with a, you know, with the holiday season and everything, you know, a lot of people getting bonuses. This is a horrible miss if they can't get this game out. But I, but I caved and I, and I traded, um, I traded Metallica. Oh, I traded for Metallica and then Led Zeppelin came out and then I went and played it and I said, oh, okay. Oh. Well, I'm glad I didn't trade for that. So I, I must admit, even though Steve Ritchie was involved in that game and I usually love everything he does, I, I just, I just can't, I just can't figure out the why with that game. Why this shot? Why that shot? And and I think, I think for me, I have to feel like I understand what the game is doing. And I, I just don't understand. I don't understand the, 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 the choices with Led Zeppelin and the reuse of the, of the, uh, of the U-turn, you know, have a trail there from, uh, from World Poker Tour, uh, you know, in the, in the left ramp there. I, I just, I just never really, and I still cannot figure out how to get my multiplier way up there and get the billion point scores. I'm just like, in a way, I'm glad that one didn't come home. Yeah. I, you know, we don't have, well, we have a pro around. It's okay. I played a premium <laughs> for the first time. I like the, I like the spinner in the middle, but Spinner's I don't. It's cool. The yes. spinner's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Mm-hmm. But like, is it like what you? Is it everything want? you thought it would be yeah, after waiting like, all this it, time? 
And, you know, when, when other bands would come out and get a, a machine and I'm like, not, not, they haven't done like, they haven't done like one of the best bands of all time. Like, and I'm like, and then we got, I, it's not the worst, but it's not everything I thought it could be. It's not yeah, my favorite. I fully agree. I'm yeah. like, there's so much that could have been done there, I think. And and the spinner, when I first saw that pop out of the play field, I said, oh, that looks like a repair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very sensitive to, am I going to have to fix this? And we do a little screwing down of the Mandalorian screw at the top of the left ramp there, but... You know, we're thinking we're just going to put a little Loctite or a lock washer on it or something. But I like games where when I turn the thing on, I'm going to play it. So I pretty much avoid drop targets like the plague. I, I avoid them. I do not want to see because I've got Crescendo that I'm going to play tomorrow night. It's got drop targets and a couple of them are a little wonky. And I've got Big Indian. It's got five drop targets and sometimes they don't completely work. And I've got, I bought an entire play field just so I could get the drop target bank because a reset arm is impossible to obtain. And I'm just like, you know what? Drop targets are not my thing. I need the stand-ups and I'm just going to go pros and I'm not going to go for the big doohickeys. And that, that's because I, I would rather just spend my time playing them and not fixing them. So that's just where I'm at. Awesome. Is there a band that you would want to pin for? That hasn't doesn't know, exist I yet. Thought, I always thought that Pink Floyd was really overlooked. Yeah. Um, I really think that's the biggest band that's really band that's really been overlooked, and they have a huge discography. They you can go way back, and you could you know you could really travel through time with them. And I really think Rolling Stones wasn't a bad pin, but I really think it just wasn't handled perfectly. And it could, it could use a revisit because the rolling, it's the rolling stones for God's sake. I mean, you know, there's so much potential with, with them. So I think, I think we'll see Stern and other companies just like with Jersey Jack and Guns N' Roses. They will come back. They will revisit these games that weren't quite perfect the first time around. And I think they're going to try to finish them off. And I think Jersey Jack did a very good job of that with Guns N' Roses. There's no question. It was the game of the year last year. It was all anybody could talk about. Um, and I think you'll see more of that. You'll see more of that revisiting of the old themes. And I just, I, I've been joking mostly, you know, with myself or anybody that would listen. I'm like, yep, uh, Steve Ritchie's first game at Jersey Jack. Get away for. Right? You know? <laughs> Don't joke like that. Like, Don't joke know, like that. Don't do that to me. I want it. Is it right? You know, three, four, whatever it is. It's just like or Black Knight Four. You know, it's like (laughs) stick with what works, right? You know. So I love that. I love a good car pin, you guys. If he went to Jersey Jack and then made a Getaway Four, I'd be like, sold. Take my money. By take my money, I mean Jordan. Can you buy this pinball machine? Got high speed. Then was Getaway. Then there was nothing after that, right? So it'd be three. Well, whatever. It'd be three. It's not going to happen, <laughs> and I stand corrected. I'm gonna I'm gonna preemptively correct myself when I said that Eric Stone hadn't been to IFPA championships. He'll be going next May at the Pinball Asylum next oh, May for IFPA right. 17 because because of his finish in 2019. So he finished as one of the top players in 2019. So he will get an automatic invite. So he will be there on his home turf trying to defend his title. So he is going to get to go twice. So Florida again. 
I'm pro Florida, Florida all the way. Represent. <laughs> I'm always representing. That is so cool. <laughs> I want to meet Eric Stone one day. I want to meet all I y'all. Too. Like Eric I want to meet all y'all. I, I really want to come mean, visit. So we're gonna. He's really nice, and I'm saying. Don't listen to him with when he plays. When he plays, I even said this on the stream because I co-announced it. I'm like, he's meta, Eric. He's not really himself. Oh, and we I mean, all play yeah. like that. I'm a totally different person than when I swear every third word. Maybe like, I'm not. Okay. okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm still me. <laughs> just, <laughs> just another side of me that we don't usually get to see on Pinball and Cancer, Two Journeys. Every Tuesday yeah. night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, which I forgot to plug myself. Every <laughs> Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We've been doing it for 47 weeks, and we're going to keep doing it forever and ever. And ever um, and ever. I th- I think we're getting ready for bed over here. So, well, I've got one more question. All right, hit me. Last but not least, who would you want to play pinball with? Anybody living, dead, real fictional? She she didn't even need the whole question. I love it. She's like, she buzzed in on Jeopardy early. (laughs) Roger Sharp. So, I mean, I've played in the same tournament as him, and I was the tournament director over him, but. I didn't play with him. You're going to make Lauren cry again. I know. Like, he's like, he's my person. Like, that's who I want to play with. But I would not be cool. Like, I feel like normally you'd be like super chill. Like, what's up, Roger? Let's like play a game. No, No. when I I met him, I cried. All right. Because I told him that he gave me, basically, he gave me a big part of my life. If he had missed that stupid shot, God only knows. Right. There would have been another Roger Sharp. Right. It would have come eventually. But. Thank God he came along when he did, in my time, in my generation, when I was coming up playing the game. And uh, I just love Roger Sharp. But I'm on record saying that whatever Roger Sharp wants to do with a pinball machine in a tournament, if I'm directing the tournament and he's playing, he can he can pick that machine up and throw it through the wall. <laughs> and he will not get, not get a warning or a yellow card. I'm just going to say that's Roger freaking Sharp, and you just leave him alone. And that's it. And I would just like a chance to maybe play against him. One or two games, you know, because then, then I think that would be, my life would probably be complete if that happened. And I might have a chance to do it in November at Free Play Florida. We'll have to see how it goes. I, I don't know if he and Josh and Zach will make the trip like they did two years ago because the IAPA convention, I only know some of these things, right? There's like this big arcade convention. And of course, Josh is involved in all that and all that. Um, and Roger did come and. You know, as soon as he walked into the room, it was like everybody else vanished. I only saw him, you know, some enchanted evening. <laughs> you know, right? you know, the lights music. dim and it's just right, a spotlight. Exactly. Norma you know, Roger. When you find your true love across a crowded room, <laughs> there you go. It's exactly oh, that, but yes. it's pinball and it's competitive. I just feel like in in that that tournament scene, it's like red card, yellow card, and then there would be like a card with Roger Sharp's face on it. Like anything goes with the Roger Roger Sharp card. Roger Sharp gets the wild card. Yeah, exactly. Anybody in a tournament, anybody managing a tournament, directing a tournament that he's in, you should treat him like the royalty that he is because you would have nothing without him. You'd have 0.0. He developed the point system. He saved the gosh darn game. Okay. He developed Papa along with the late Steve Epstein. Okay. I mean, what else do you Preach. want somebody to Preach. do? What else do you want somebody to do in this sport? Okay. Not any of you, not you, not me, not nobody are, is ever going to accomplish what he did and when he did it. And, um, and we owe him eternal gratitude and we, and he deserves every bit of it. 
What else do we have? That's I was going to say that's it. But are you excited for the Roger Sharp movie? (laughs) I I mean, I'm excited. Uh, I I didn't get asked that Norma, the telepathic pinball wizard a couple weeks ago. She said I was there. She was there. And I showed a picture (laughs) of her. I photoshopped her into the, into the scene there. And she was there because, you know, she can take over players and make them better. Like she took over, she's taken over me. She's taken over Eric Stone. So she has the telepathic ability and, um, I doubt whether she can actually play pinball. That was a whole storyline, but she, she can control other people and their, and their hands. So maybe she would, maybe she would control me against Roger Sharp and then maybe I could win. There maybe, we go. Maybe Norma. So I shout love out it. To you. Norma with, with a G. So it's like, well, aren't you Norma? Yes. The other, the doll begins with a G, G N O R M A. That was named by. Uh, Cheryl Jarrows, who created it, and it was a wonderful gift, as I've received so many. All right, I, we've gone way over. I'm sure yeah. we we've enjoyed talking with you, I, I, Norma. I just couldn't cut you off. I loved your stories. No, I loved I hearing your journey, it. and and we, we just love you. Are so we just we do. We're like totally like you. we're gonna fangirl over you once you leave. Like once you once you're no. once we're the recording, we're gonna fangirl no. over you. Um, no. thank you for for all that you do. Thank you for sharing your stories and sharing your journey. And I know it means so much to so many people and, and I am a fan and I will be watching. And again, listeners, you can, uh, watch Norma on Twitch Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Um, is that Eastern? I'm assuming That's Norma. Eastern time. Twitch.tv slash pinball and cancer, all one word, Tuesday nights at seven and, uh, Eastern time. And then we are going to do a couple more Wednesday afternoon streams, but I think we're going to retire them because I, I really need the time to work on other projects that will hopefully make it to the stream or other things that I really have an eye on. And, um, you know, but I'll never abandon you, you folks out there. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it for you and for me and for us. Never underestimate what we can do individually and together. So get out there and play some more pinball. I couldn't say it better than that. Rebecca girl, this was an awesome episode. I loved it so much. This is so bad. I- it is so much fun. And I know I, I, it's just such a privilege. And like, I feel really lucky that I get to pal around with friends in real life and also on the internet. And I just, it's just wonderful because I'm like, oh, today everybody got to meet and it makes me so happy. I know it was all the things. Again, Norma, thank you so much. Everyone, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and keep flipping. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To receive updates and the latest episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at dream themes, show notes, and more, visit our website at www.backboxpinballpodcast.com. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and keep flipping. Keep flipping.